0: Welcome the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalzer, joined as always by John Paulson. How are we doing today, John?
1: Not bad. How are you doing?
0: Doing pretty good. Getting ready for uh, Monday Night Football between the Giants and my Falcons, and I'm sure uh, by the end of the fourth quarter, I'll be pulling my hair out. So,
1: well, at least you're not taking your family to go see the Packers play against the Rams after Ooh. the Packers barely beat the 49ers at home, and then the Rams... Go go into San Francisco and just completely drowns them. I'm not Uh-oh. optimistic.
0: <laughs> I saw that I saw that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I'm sorry, the Packers are the biggest underdogs in uh, Aaron Rodgers' career.
1: What's the line?
0: I think they're uh, might be eight and a half or something. Let me
1: check this. Here. That's pretty big for an Aaron Rodgers team.
0: Yeah, let me see here. This is good radio.
1: Yeah, I'm looking it up too. Nine. Uh, Started, it opened yeah. at ten and a half.
0: Wow. That's big. That's tempting to take Aaron Rodgers, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, it's um, tempting
1: for me to to take the Rams. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Tell us about the music.
1: <laughs> uh, that's uh, Nathaniel uh, Ratliff and the Night Sweats. Uh, The name of the track is A Little Honey. It's the third track off of their 2018 album, Tearing at the Seams. And uh, I'll put it on the Most Accurate Podcast playlist, which you can find on Spotify. You can also find a link to it in any of the podcast posts on the 444.com website. So check it out.
0: Beautiful. All right, let's tell you about League Sync. Then we'll get into week seven, the injuries. We'll go over some fantasy quick hitter questions and some RBBC, and we'll wrap it up with that Giants Falcons matchup tonight. Don't forget, we have an iPhone or iPad app that helps you set the highest scoring lineup every week and pick up the highest scoring free agents for the week and the rest of the season. It's free to download. Just do a search for 4 for 4 or League Sync in the App Store, and uh, existing Pro and DFS subscribers get full access to the app's features. So if you already have a 4 for 4. Uh, pro Pro subscription or DFS subscription, you're going to get full access to League Sync's apps features. It's awesome. Everyone else receives a seven-day trial, so make sure you check it out. Uh, this week, one of the big pickups that I had courtesy of uh, League Sync, and again, backed up by John's rankings, was Denver, the Denver defense on Thursday night, which wound up scoring me 32 points. So that was that was huge. Wound up pretty much winning me that uh, that matchup. All right, John. Let's dive into some of the injuries. We'll start off with Melvin Gordon, who was a surprise inactive yesterday in London. And I thought about you because I know you got to get up early to do the <laughs> uh inactives and re- reorganize your roster. How, how much of a panic were you in yesterday when you had to wake up at like four a.m. in the morning to get that that inactive in?
1: Uh, well, you know, when, I don't. I'm not going to complain about being a, a fantasy analyst who works at home in, in California, but the one of the downsides is having to wake up to grind rankings and the injury report for the London game. And when I saw that Melvin Gordon was downgraded, I knew I was going to have to get up at five fifteen, and, uh, it wasn't quite 4am, but five fifteen, and try to, uh, figure out uh, what's going on in the backfield. And I, I liked uh, Austin Eckler quite a bit. He ended up with 17 touches, uh, for 68 yards, but the, um, the Chargers scored uh, the two touchdowns on long bombs uh, to Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams. So that shortened the number of, you know, reduced the number of plays that they had to, to run. And, you know, they only scored 20 points on the Titans, which is a little bit low, um, I thought. So uh, it wasn't quite the game that I was expecting out of him. But he did end up getting the vast majority of the the workload uh, Justin Jackson saw Three touches for 14 yards, two two rushes and one uh, catch. So if McGordon is out any longer, you know Eckler is going to be the lead back in that uh, backfield for the foreseeable future.
0: All right, let's talk about Sony Michelle, who suffered a nasty injury in that that win over the Bears. Looks like John, he's going to be week to week with a sprained knee. What does this do to some of the other Patriots uh, running backs, especially with? Um, Uh, who's the other back that's out for the year? Rex Burkhead. Oh, Jeremy Hill. Well, Uh, Jeremy Hill's out. Rex
1: Burkhead's out. Uh, The list goes on and on with the the Patriots.
0: Talk to us about James White now and and his uh, fantasy perspective here with with Sony Michelle exiting that that game yesterday with the knee injury.
1: Well, I think James White, his stock gets a little bit of a boost. Uh, He'll continue to catch all the passes or most of the passes out of the backfield, and now he's going to get some more carries as well. I think he saw the last eight carries um yeah on the final drive for the Patriots. So he uh Kendrin Barner was involved as well. He had ten touches. They were all carries for 36 yards um after uh, Sonny Michelle went down. White saw 16 touches after Sonny Michelle went down. Uh so I think White's an RB1 probably in both formats, you know, standard and PPR with Michelle out as long as he's sidelined. I think the question is who's going to be the other back in this backfield because that person will have some value. And, you know, I think the first on on the surface, people are going to say, oh, it's Kenjin Barner because he was active this week um, and was the other back in the backfield that was available. Uh, But they've got Kenneth Farrow on the practice squad. Uh, He was a rookie last year for the Chargers, uh, he had 192 yards on 60 carries, so the yards per carry was not very good. He had 13 passes uh, or 13 receptions for 70 yards as well last season. Uh, Farrow is bigger, significantly bigger than Barner, who's kind of cut from the same cloth as White. White's actually bigger in terms of weight than Barner. Uh, so we know that the Patriots in the past have have liked to have a big back and then, and then a pass-catching back. Danny Woodhead, uh, Kevin Falk... You know, going back, and now it's James White. Um, so we'll see what they end up doing uh, this week. They might Mike sign uh, Mike uh, they Mike sign Mike, Mike Julesley, <laughs> Gillesley, uh as well. Uh, he's 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 a free agent. Obviously, he was cut by the uh, the Saints and is out there. So there's some speculation as to who they might add and how they might show up the position, and it all depends on how significant this injury is for uh, Sony Michel. All
0: right, Lashawn McCoy suffered a nasty head injury yesterday. He collided with Colts cornerback Kenny Moore, wound up leaving the game um, after I think only uh, a handful of carries. It was, it was fairly early in the game when he when he left out. So that, that left Kurt, uh, Chris Ivory, excuse me, to rush for 81 yards on 16 carries. He also had 25 yards on six targets. We don't know how LaShawn McCoy will do in the concussion protocol, but if he is out, Chris Ivory will be a what against the Patriots next week, RB two or still kind of a flex.
1: He did. I mean, it's going to probably be bad game script with the, with the bills against the Patriots next week. Uh, But he did see 19 touches uh, against the, against the Colts this week. And that was really bad game script for the, for the bills this week as well. They were, Trailing the entire game. It got blown out. Uh, He saw 23 touches, 126 yards in the game that McCoy missed early in the year against the Vikings. The the Bills led that game the entire way. So that's what he can do when they have a lead. Uh, I would think that he would be like a low end RB two, high end RB three. If, if McCoy is out, typically with these concussions, they miss a week at most, but sometimes it's a bad concussion and the symptoms don't go away and it can go to two or three weeks or longer. Uh, But, a lot of times they're back the, the next week, so he, you know, McCoy might play this week. We'll just have to see how severe of a concussion it was.
0: Marshawn Lynch. Now the Raiders did not play last week because they had the London trip two weeks ago, so they had a bye. But NFL Networks' Ian Rappaport reports that uh, injured reserve is a strong possibility for Marshawn Lynch, who's expected to to miss at least a month with a groin injury. What's your take on the Raiders' backfield situation with? Marshawn Lynch potentially out. Uh, what, do, what do you think of, of Jalen Richard? Richard? Uh, it's
1: Jalen Richard and probably Doug Martin. Uh, Doug Martin has outcarried uh, Richard twenty-seven to eleven. So even though Richard has been more of a fantasy factor this year with all those catches, he has thirty-one catches this year. Uh, Martin has still outcarried him, you know, more than two to one. Um, so I think what's going to probably happen is John Gruden is probably going to install Martin as the you know, primary ball carrier, I don't know how he's going to do, uh, but he'll probably take over most of Lynch's carries. I think Richard could see a, a couple extra carries per game since uh, the difference between him and Martin isn't as significant as the distance between him and Lynch in terms of the quality uh, of of the running. Uh, but Richard will probably continue to see all that passing game work. So I think what I would do is target Richard and PPR formats. I think in standard formats, Martin is a pretty good pickup just to see what happens. Uh, you know, he's had bad seasons and he's had great seasons. So we'll see what we get uh, when he uh, laces them up in the next game. Uh, but I think that's from what Gruden has done so far this year. That's probably the case. I mean, I, I doubt that Richard Richard is going to come in and have 10 to 12 carries plus five to six receptions per game. Uh, it probably. We'll keep him in that complementary role with Martin getting a chance. And if if Martin totally falls on his face, then you could see Richard or maybe even DeAndre Washington getting a chance to, to be the lead back for that team.
0: Kiki QT, who is the slot receiver for the Texans, he's not expected to play Week 8 against Miami. This is a short week for the Texans. They're playing on Thursday night. He suffered a hamstring injury. Any thoughts on Vincent Smith, who looks like he's going to be in that three wide sets with QT out?
1: I think it's probably more of a bonus for Will Fuller. Like, he's probably going to get back into the swing of things now with a few extra targets per game. He had six for 68 on eight targets against the Jaguars. I don't think that's any coincidence that he had his highest targeted game since week three uh, with, with QT getting injured and going down. So, um, we'll have to see what Vincent Smith's able to, to do. Um, He's not showing up on the the game log at all as having played yesterday, so uh, we'll we'll have to see what sort of role he has next week.
0: All right, uh, Albert Wilson of the Dolphins he suffered a hip injury, could cost him his season. In fact, his agent Drew Rosenhaus uh, Drew Rosenhaus said that that hip injury could, in fact, um, have him out a few weeks, best case scenario. But doesn't look good at all for Wilson, John. So Danny Amendola, Jaquim Grant. Devonte Parker is still there, but he's just been a bust for them after the Dolphins t- uh, took him in the first round. Any thoughts on these wide receivers?
1: Well, I think Parker's going to get his chance now, right? I mean, his his agent came out and had a statement about how Adam Gase was lying and about his health and, um, and all this. And then the following game, both Stills and Al- Albert Wilson get injured. It looks like Wilson's injury is more serious, but Stills also has some sort of uh, groin soft tissue injury. Uh, so I think you might end up seeing Amendola, Grant, and Parker as the top three wideouts for this team next week, and um, you know that's not pretty uh, for sure. Uh, Amendola has had the best rapport with uh, Brock Osweiler uh, in terms of just getting targeted. Uh, Grant hasn't really done much with Osweiler, and then uh, Parker will come in and and try to kind of take over that number one, number two spot, uh, take it back in terms of his targets, but he just hasn't. Uh, been able to stick there any stretch, uh, any productive stretch there for the for the Dolphins in his career.
0: Last one, let's talk about below Powell, who injured his uh, neck. He's got a strained neck. He's day to day. I don't know how much um, we'll see, you know, of him moving forward here. It looks like Trenton Cannon replaced him in the backfield, and obviously Isaiah Crowell is there. But this is just a situation where I guess we had to monitor moving forward. But it, it's certainly a benefit for Crowell Crowell owners if Powell can't suit up.
1: Yeah, uh, it seems like you, you get more carries for Crowell, um, and then Cannon has been ahead of Elijah McGuire. I don't think Elijah McGuire is fully healthy yet, or if he is, he's not playing. So um, I think you're probably looking at a few extra carries for Crowell, but they seem to like uh, Cannon. They have they played him a, a bit with uh, Powell out. So um, it's definitely a boost for, for Crowell uh, owners. I think after that, I don't think there's really a way to, to capitalize on the situation.
0: All right, fantasy quick hitters, I'll throw a couple of names at you discuss some situations. We'll start off with Josh Gordon. Brady, Tom Brady said that his confidence is growing and growing and growing with Josh Gordon. What's the upside here for the rest of the season now that uh, Gordon is seemingly on the same page as Tom Brady and, and learning Josh McDaniel's system?
1: Uh, One thing I want people to keep in mind is that Gronkowski was out this week, which everybody knows, but you got to keep that in mind when you're looking at target share and everything. He had seven targets, uh, Josh Gordon did, against the, the Bears. Four catches for 100 yards, seven targets. Last week he had uh, five for 42 on nine targets. In the previous week against Indianapolis, he had two for 50 and a touchdown on four targets. So his role is increasing, and he should see anywhere in that seven to nine, seven to ten target range, uh, but he could have some games where he is lower than that in the five to six, four to six range. And he's going to have a tough time being consistently productive if he's getting that sort of uh, target share. Uh, looking forward, though, at the at their matchups, I mean, the the Bills are not a great matchup for wide receivers in Week 8, but I don't think that really is a big concern with Tom Brady and uh, everything uh, in that game against the Bills. Uh, but Week 9, they have Green Bay. 10 is Tennessee. There's a bye. And then there's the Jets, the the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Steelers, and all those teams right now are 19th or worse in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So nothing too daunting, except for maybe that, that Minnesota game, their their defense is probably not as bad as 23rd, which is what they're showing right now for wide receiver, uh, AFPA. So, uh, I think you have to like it for, for Gordon. I think he's pushing that wide receiver to rest of season value, um, And, you know, he's getting targets from one of the best quarterbacks in the game, one of the most productive offenses in the game. So uh, especially with Gronkowski sort of sidelined, you can look at him as an every week play.
0: Le'Veon Bell, new information coming out today. As NFL NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Bell did not report to the team on Monday morning. Jason Lacafora speculated on Sunday that it's more likely that Bell returns to the team ahead of Week 9. So there's some conflicting reports. Well, not conflicting because it's Week 8. So Week 9 is what Jason Lacafora is saying. But we do know that Bell did not report to the team on Monday morning. Looks like Bell owners were just going to have to keep waiting this situation out, John. but if, if, if I'm a Bell owner, um i mean you're just flat stuck and even when he does return James Conner has been sensational in his, in his in his stead so it's it's going to be it's going to be an issue here for bell owners not only uh with him not reporting but when he does they they're just going to have to sit on him right
1: it's well it, it depends uh i think if an owner is in great shape for the playoffs and you can sort of wait it out uh and maybe you get Bell back for week twelve against Denver, thirteen against the Chargers, fourteen against the Raiders, fifteen against the the Patriots, and then week sixteen against the Saints. That's not uh, a bad get to be able to add him to your starting lineup in that stretch. But you know, over the short term, if you're a team that's you know four and three right now, or three and four, or two and five, and you're fighting for a playoff spot, uh, the, you know the Steelers have. The, the Browns in week eight, I don't think he's going to be back with the team by then. If he comes back in week nine, they play at Baltimore, which is number one in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back, so it's a very bad matchup. Week 10 is Carolina. Uh, Carolina just shut down the, the Eagles' running game pretty well. They're 11th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And then week 11 is the Jaguars, you know, their second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So three pretty bad matchups for his first few weeks back, if he does come back in week nine. So it's, you know, that plus the fact that you don't know what sort of workload he's going to get with James Conner playing so well, it's really uh, dicey for bell owners to, to be able to count on him or trust him over the next month. Uh, so I guess if I'm a team that's doing really well, I'm rocking and rolling, I'm maybe six and one, maybe you float an offer to the bell owner to see if you could get him away. If you're a team that's struggling maybe you trade him away to try to get some somebody that can help you win a few games right now and get you in the playoffs
0: all right first observations of nick chubb is an rb1 he rushed 18 times for 80 yards and a touchdown do you think he's an every week starter
1: standard formats for sure uh i mean my concern with him is the catches he had he did have two targets which is a good sign so normally a running back will catch at least one of two targets you know usually two of two because they're catch rates usually over 70%. He's not known as a great receiver or anything like that, so I am a little bit worried about his floor in PPR formats. I would say it's you know even worse than Adrian Peterson, who's not great in the passing game, but the the Redskins are at least willing to target him three or four times a game uh if he's if he's uh struggling as a runner. Uh but Chubb is, I mean, he's I was just looking at the the pro football focus elusive ratings today at running back and he's number one uh, in that rating. Obviously his, his yards per carry is fantastic. He's got 382. I'm sorry. He's got 253 yards on 34 carries, Um, you know, three targets and zero catches. So that sort of tells you where he's at Uh, in PPR formats. He's going to be an RB two because he's getting probably going to get 15 to 20 carries a game. If there's a, if there's a team with a, really good rush defense, then he's going to be a little bit of a risky start because the floor is a little bit lower, and he's not somebody that's going to add a lot of points in the, in the passing game.
0: All right, RBBC situations. We'll start off with the 49ers. you got the three running backs there because Alfred Morris somehow came back in. I mean, Monday he wasn't good enough to play, but yesterday he had nine, nine carries for 25 yards. Matt Breida rushed only five times for 15 yards in that loss to the Rams, and then you also had Raheem Mossert, who rushed seven times for 59 yards. He also caught all four targets for 19 yards. I mean, this is this is a situation that is just growing f- more frustrating by the week for any owner that has Breida or takes a flyer on Morris or now you got Mossert sitting on the roster. I mean, uh, can you tell how Kyle Shanahan is is utilizing these backs? Is there anything that you're that you're seeing?
1: Well, interestingly, I would say is that Morris played more than I would have thought he would have. I mean, Breda was only in for five snaps. Uh, he got he, hurt his, he injured his ankle, I think, and then missed the rest of the, the game. He tried to come back and then missed the rest of the game. So with him out, uh, Mostert saw 11 touches, uh, 59 rushing yards, 19 receiving yards, uh, and then Morris had nine touches, all carries for 25 yards. Master has looked better as a runner over the last two weeks. He's really shining. I would say 146 yards on 19 carries at 7.7 yards per carry. So I don't really see how Shanahan doesn't sort of feature him as the lead back and as long as Braid is out. So I think he's definitely um, you know worth a look on the waiver wire this this week. They have. Uh, just a great matchup coming up against the, the Cardinals who are 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to, to running back. So I think if, if we don't really get any new information and we know that uh, breed is out and it's going to be Morris and Mostert, I think i probably have Mostert is in the, you know, in the twenties there and then Morris down in the thirties in, in a really nice matchup against the, the Cardinals.
0: All right. Jordan Howard only rushed 12 times for 39 yards, but he did score a touchdown yesterday against the Patriots. Tariq Cohen. Rushed six times for 14 yards, and then he was a, a, a big PPR back with eight eight catches on 12 targets for 69 yards and a touchdown. I mean, is is it getting to the point where Tariq Cohen is an RB2 in PPR formats?
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, his just his involvement over the last uh, three weeks in, in the passing game, uh, he's got at least seven catches in three straight games, seven for 121 against the Bucks. Uh, week 4 seven for 90 against the dolphins last week and then eight for 69 a touchdown this week on 12 targets um eight targets, nine targets, 12 targets the last three weeks so they're really starting to use him in the in the passing game and this is sort of what we were hoping for this off season when you know Matt Nagy took over and we felt like you know Cohen was one of his best playmakers and you know in PPR formats especially he would get a lot of catches but then they tried uh Jordan Howard is a pass catcher, and you know Howard did pretty well, but you know over the last few weeks that's really declined. I mean he had five catches, three catches, two catches in the first uh three weeks, and then yesterday he had one catch for nine yards. It was actually a really nice catch on a poorly thrown ball by Mitch trubisky uh to for his only target and he caught it for nine yards, but he's just getting game flowed out a little bit. I mean twelve carries for thirty nine yards if he doesn't have that touchdown, it's just another dreadful day i mean in week six he had 14 carries for 69 yards he actually looked pretty good towards the end of that game against the dolphins as they were trying to drive previous week against tampa bay 11 carries for 25 yards so without that touchdown this week against the patriots it's really a a rough stretch here for for howard and um he actually has pretty good matchups coming up jets 20th and adjusted fantasy points allowed running backs buffalo 23rd uh lions 28th these are games that the Bears should be able to stay in positive game flow. So I think over the short term, he's going to be fine. But then there's that week 11 game against Minnesota, and I really wouldn't want to have him in my starting lineup for that game.
0: All right, I'm going to shock you with something, John. Apparently Peyton Barber, his big day two weeks ago was because of Mm -hmm. uh, the Falcons' defense. I I know it's very (laughs) surprising to you, but Barber only rushed 11 times for 30 yards against the browns yesterday ronald jones rushed six times for 13 yards he scored a touchdown he also caught his lone target for 15 yards so ronald jones is more um more involved than what he was at the start of the year but neither back looks great unless again you're facing the falcons
1: yeah the falcons seem to be a a get healthy get right type (laughs) game so so start eli
0: tonight (laughs)
1: yeah start eli Start everybody for the giants um yeah, I was I was a little surprised that they didn't give Barber a little more leash uh, with the, in this game. Uh, he didn't run the ball particularly well, 11 carries for thirty yards, but they didn't really stick with him either. Jones ended up with six carries for thirteen yards, so he didn't light it up either. He ended up with both carries inside the five yard line uh, for the Bucks and ended up with the touchdown, and he he got the one catch for fifteen yards. Barber was targeted twice but didn't catch the ball, so we're back to square one with these two and this backfield. It's just, it has to be like the greatest uh, matchup in the world against the Falcons in order for you to trust, uh, Barbara, uh, they've, they've got the, the Bengals coming up, uh, they're 26 and adjusted fancy points allowed in running back. So I, you know, Barber will probably be ranked in the mid to upper twenties. Uh, but then after that, I mean, Carolina, Washington, uh, you know, these aren't, these are not great matchups, uh, moving forward necessarily for for Barber or for Jones. I guess I would just sort of stash him and see if something happens and I would say Jones probably has more upside at this point. I, I it felt like Barber was starting to get in the clear and maybe this offense was going to get rolling, maybe he'd see 12 to 16 touches a game, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be in the cards for him.
0: All right. Uh every time that Marlon Mack has a good game, I feel like I you I, I feel good for you because this is somebody that you touted preseason and he was injury Mm -hmm. plagued and you kept saying, Hey, look, when the when he's back and he's healthy He's going to be the top back for the Colts and somebody to consider. Well, he broke out yesterday. He had 126 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries. He also caught two passes for 30, 33 yards. And you could say, well, it was only the Bills, but Buffalo had been playing pretty good defense, and he, he still tore them up. Naheem Hines also tallied 47 yards on five carries. He caught one pass for minus five yards. So let's focus in on Marlon Mack because, again, you've you've been – you have been right about Marlon Mack this entire season. What is he when he is healthy?
1: Well, I think he's the capable of being that three down back. Uh, I don't know if that, that's what they necessarily want. He ended up playing 56% of the snaps. Uh, they want to keep Hines involved a little bit in the in the passing game. I think Wilkins had, with Robert Turbin out, Wilkins had six touches. Uh, he actually looked pretty good, 46 yards. He had one catch as well. Um, he played twenty three percent of the snaps. Hines had five carries for forty seven yards. Twenty six percent of the snaps. He only had one catch, and it was for a five yard loss. So his with Mac back, his targets have really dropped uh, against the Jets. Hines had three targets. The Bills get he only had two targets. So I think he's now cuttable uh, in PPR formats if you are looking to upgrade your roster with with a healthy Mac back. And you know you mentioned that Mac broke out this week. He actually. Broke out, hit a mini breakout last week against the Jets with 12 carries for 89 yards, at 7.4 yards per carry. He just had the one catch for four yards, so he really didn't make as much noise, but he had 10.3 PPR uh, points and then really exploded this week against the Bills. And uh, I like his week eight matchup against the Raiders. He's got a bye in week nine. And then unfortunately week 10 and week 13, he's got the Jaguars uh, and then sandwiched in between that are the, are the Titans and the Dolphins, which are neither, neither matchups. Terribly imposing. The, the Dolphins are probably a better matchup than the Titans, um, so he's going to be startable here and there. I think you know against Jacksonville, he'll be a guy that you're like, all right, well, <laughs> I'll start him. He's got if I can't, don't have any better options on the bench, he'll probably get ten to fifteen touches, and who knows, maybe they run the ball well or he's able to make a play in the passing game and find the end zone. So uh, I think moving forward, you're looking at Mac as like a low end RB two, just from a. a a workload standpoint and I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with the rest of the for the rest of the season
0: Frank Gore Kenyon Drake we always talk about them although I, I never feel like we have much to to uh you know glean from their performances but f- Frank Gore did out touch Kenyon Drake 11 to 10 However, it was not a great game for him. He only rushed ten times for twenty-nine yards. Drake was definitely the more productive back, only carrying the ball six times, but that went for seventy-two yards and a touchdown. He also had four receptions for fifteen additional yards. It looks like Kenyon Drake Drake can remain an RB two, John, but it just Frank Gore is going to be in the mix. That's that's just how Adam Gase is going to view this.
1: Yeah, uh, Drake is up to four point eight six yards per carry. Uh, Scores at four point six one, so they're both running the ball pretty well. I thought that Gore was a sneaky start this week against the Lions because the Lions are pretty dreadful against the run, but he, they, they contained him. I mean, he only averaged like three yards per carry, and it was, it was Drake with seventy two yards and six carries. That's twelve yards per carry, and then he's got at least four catches in each of the last three games. So I think from PPR standpoint, you're looking at him as a pretty stable option now. Uh, he had twenty four and a half fancy points in week five 9.8 which is not great but serviceable against the against the bears in week six and then uh 18.7 uh ppr fantasy points in week seven uh against the lions so you know three straight games 9.8 more and more and a pretty good average there because of the two big games and he had a 17 point game back in week two um and then really no nothing too scary on the on the front in terms of his schedule uh so i think gore's okay and standard um And Drake is now coming on a little bit, and I think he's getting into the RB2 mix now in PPR formats.
0: This one frustrated me. Corey Clement only rushed eight times for six yards, and he caught two of two targets for for 16 yards. I wound up starting him over, I believe, Lamar Miller, and that one hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wendell Small, Smallwood also rushed nine times for 32 yards. He caught two of two targets for five yards. Was this just a case of the Eagles' offensive line, which is banged up? I mean, Lane Johnson's banged up, and um, their left tackle, Jason Peters, who's playing, but he's not playing well. Is this a spot where they just ran up against a good Carolina front seven, or uh, is there some concerns moving forward that clements even an RB2?
1: Well, I was certainly expecting them to, the running game here to fare better against Carolina. Carolina hadn't been very daunting uh, as, as far as rush defense is concerned. They're pretty I mean, decent, but not daunting. And I thought the the, the Eagles' rushing running game was going to be – more productive uh in this game and you end up with smallwood with 11 touches clement with uh with 10 in a true timeshare josh adams even got four uh so it's going to be difficult to trust any of these guys unless they have a really easy uh matchup and unfortunately week eight jacksonville week nine by uh, week 10 dallas who are ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs and week 11 uh the saints who are fourth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs in fact, they don't have uh, a matchup other than the Giants in Week 12. They don't have a matchup outside the top 16 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So a lot of good rush defenses on the on the horizon here for the Eagles.
0: Couple more. We'll, we'll do the Lions and then we'll also do the the Ravens. Our weekly Alex Collins report. John uh, Legarrette <laughs> Blunt rushed 10 times for 50 yards and a touchdown in that victory over the Dolphins. And then you had carry on Johnson, who had 19 carries for 158 yards. He had one big run where I think he went for 71 yards or so in the, the first half. And he also had two receptions for 21 additional yards. Your thoughts on the Lions?
1: Well, the you know, with uh, Theo Riddick out, Johnson played more snaps uh, than he played all year, 59%. His previous high was 47%, which he hit twice, week two and week five so we sort of saw that coming cuz he was going to be in on the passing downs uh, uh cuz blunt's not that great as a receiver uh so to see him get the 19 carries plus the two catches 21 and then he ends up with 179 total yards he didn't get the rushing touchdown for the huge monster monster day but uh that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, week for for Johnson and if if Riddick stays uh, sidelined then i think Johnson continues to see 60 55 60% of the snaps and the vast majority of touches
0: Alright, just when I was ready to get off the Alex Collins bandwagon last week, he had a, he had a good game, and I jumped back on, and then predictably he uh, was ineffective against the Saints. 11, 11 carries for 38 yards in that loss to the Saints. He also caught three passes, only went for an additional 10 yards. He outtouched Buck Allen 14-6, to but... This is, this is just a maddening situation with Alex Collins. And if you're wondering, Allen rushed a li- three times for only three yards. He added three catches for 21 additional yards. It's just not a good situation with, with the Ravens' backfield.
1: Yeah, this is not great. And this is actually a, a situation where I wanted to highlight uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed and how it can illuminate uh, a bad matchup when it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a bad matchup. The Saints have uh, a reputation for not having a good rush defense for, over the past several years, but they've improved significantly in this area. I saw that they were fourth in adjusted fantasy points, allowed lot of running back. So I downgraded Collins and you could go look at their average rush yards allowed. And it was something like 70 something rush yards allowed. So I did was not as high on Collins uh, as some uh, were ranking him. And that paid off here. I think looking forward with Collins though, he's actually a guy I would target and trade um, after their buy in week 10. Uh, They've got Cincinnati week 11. They're 26th in just a fantasy points allowed to running backs. Uh, Oakland, who's 17th. Your Falcons, 31st. The Chiefs, uh, 29th. Tampa Bay, 15th. And then the Chargers in week 16, which is a decent matchup. But I think down the stretch, he's going to have some really good games. He's seen double-digit carries in five straight games. Uh, He's not been super productive, but there's been some bad matchups here. I think the next two weeks, he might be available pretty cheap because he plays the Panthers and the Steelers over the next two weeks before the Week 10 bye.
0: All right, speaking of those Falcons, they'll host the Giants tonight on Monday Night Football. Evan Ingram, tight end for the Giants. He's been removed from the Week 7 injury report. This was expected. He practiced all last week. Looks like he was drawn close to playing in Week 6. The Giants are also reshuffling their offensive line. John Greco will start at right guard. He was playing center, but he, he's got to kick over, and then they're going to start a new center tonight. Spencer Pulley, This is th- that offensive line has been awful for Eli Manning, but... Uh, they get an, a great opportunity against the Falcons' defense that's been shredded weekly because of the injuries. Russell Russell Shepard is also questionable tonight with a neck injury. Uh, we'll move over to the Falcons in a second, but but uh, any thoughts on the the Giants' skill position players' injuries, anything like that heading heading into tonight?
1: Well, this is you are going to start Eli Manning. This is the week to start him. Uh, this is this defense has been giving up fantasy points left and right. Uh, what, do, what do you think the over under is on Saquon Barkley's catches and, and receiving yards against the, I, the Falcons?
0: I think he <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to match what he did last week against Philly, but I think he's fully capable of doing so. So I, I I've got him for eight to ten catches for I don't know fifty yards, and then I think he rushes twenty five times for our, uh, a buck twenty, buck twenty five.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I got him for six. Point nine uh, catches for fifty eight yards, point three touchdowns, eighteen carries, nineteen carries for eighty four yards. So we'll see uh, what he's able to do. He's our number two ranked uh, running back this week, so we're expecting a big game out of him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you, honestly, I think your projections are a little low, John. And I know, I know you know what you're doing, but. Uh, I think he's going to go off tonight, which is good for me because i got him in a couple of leagues, but bad for me from a Falcon standpoint. Um, Mohamed Sanu, removed from the, in- the Week 7 injury report. He was dealing with a hip injury, of course. He actually had a hip injury last week and then played on it, caught a touchdown, but then left the game early. Calvin Ridley, he he wasn't listed on the Week 7 injury report either. He was dealing with an ankle injury, so not neither injuries uh, were, were significant. Any uh, flex appeal with Calvin Ridley tonight?
1: Yeah, I think Ridley and Sanu are decent starts. Um, Austin Hooper has trended upward. I think he's got nine targets in each of the last two games. And then just back to the Giants for a second, I'm interested to see how much Sterling Shepard is involved uh, with Evan Ingram back because his his splits with Ingram in the lineup have uh, not been very pretty. So one one wonders about that in relation to this matchup against the Falcons. It's such a great matchup. It's tempting to to rank uh, Shepard pretty high, but... Uh, if, if he's not getting the targets, it won't matter. Uh, I've actually got a game tonight where I've got uh, we're down 18, got Julio Jones and Sterling Shepard going up against uh, Evan Ingram. And it's a TE premium league. It's my FFPC team. Uh, so it's going to be really come down to who's getting those targets between Ingram and, uh, and Shepard. Uh, assuming Julio doesn't totally go nuts, which I think he might go nuts tonight. We'll see.
0: I said last week that I thought he could he'll he'll score three touchdowns against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'll just carry that over into this week because at some point the guy's not going to score one touchdown in a game. He's going to go absolutely ham sandwich. Don't you feel that way? Like yeah, eventually, when he does score a touchdown, he's going to add about nine more in in one game.
1: <laughs> Maybe I I would probably go two. I probably would say he's going to score three touchdowns and just keep saying that until it happens. There you go. All
0: right, that's John Paulson. You can follow him on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. We'll be back on Friday to discuss injury situations heading into week eight. John will have some sneaky starts for you, and uh, we'll do all things fantasy next week, or or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Friday here on the Most Accurate Podcast. We'll appreciate you listening. We'll, We'll see you then.
1: Come on now, baby You speak so soft and low. Come on now, baby